All right, we are back. That was a little more from Sure Sure with New Biome. Standing by to join us on the next segment is actor Kirk Taylor. Hi, Kirk. Thanks for calling in. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. I was reading uh, about your background. Uh, you're from New York, but were you born in Bridgeport, yeah. Connecticut? I was actually born in Bridgeport, yeah, when I was, uh, and got a lot of my, you know, my, all my early schooling stuff done there in the same house. We were been there for 55 years. But, um, wait, excuse me. Then I moved to New York. I have to, I, I have to interject. I was born in Bridgeport, and my grandmother lived on Morningside Drive. Really? Yes. You were born in Bridgeport, Connecticut? Yes, at St. Vincent's Hospital. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. I was born at St. Vincent's as well. Oh, wow. That's wild. They tore, I think they tore down our wing, though. They, 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 they put they a parking did. lot there. So I was, we were born someplace probably in the parking lot area. Somewhere. <laughs> anyway, I didn't mean to interrupt, but I wanted to tell you that. Oh, no. I'm really glad to hear that you're, we're both... I used to consider myself an escapee from Bridgeport. No kidding. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you. <laughs> so you're my fellow escapee. I know. I, I feel like that. So no. you're you're trained um, in the uh, Lee Strasberg techniques and Stella Adler. How'd you get into acting? Well, in in um, I went to Central High School in Bridgeport, and um, in my sophomore year, I'd sort of determined I was not going to audition. For, I want, had a feeling I wanted to do the school plays, but. The drama teacher was so scary <laughs> that I didn't want to audition. And I got blackmailed by one of my cousins, my um, cousin Monica Durant Davis. And she was going to give me a ride home. It was raining and sleeting that particular day. And she said, I'll give you a ride home if you audition for the school play. So I auditioned and got it wow. and got one of the leads. And then started for those three years, the next three years, the leads in their musicals. Amazing. Then I had an opportunity to, uh, to, to either stay in Bridgeport and pursue some of the musical things that were going on, or uh, I was accepted at New York University, so I went there. Whoa. And they had, Lee Strasberg and Stella Adler had both set up programs with university. Mm-hmm. It was really cool. So I ended up in Lee Strasberg class, and I really didn't understand the full weight of that until you start to really think about the people that he had worked with for generations going back to like the 20s and 30s, 1920s and 30s. Everybody from, you know, Marilyn Monroe to James Dean to Montgomery Clift, Ernest Borgnine. I mean, just the host, De Niro, Pacino, all the Whoa. guys that were hot in my, in, when I was coming up. Uh, Hoffman, Dustin Hoffman. So it, I realized, and then, of course, Stella worked with Brando, with Warren Beatty, and other great actors. So it was quite a, a, it was a good company to be in. That's incredible. Sure. And then... Uh, what happened next? Because, I mean, you got this great education at NYU, and then did you start, you know, auditioning for gigs in New York? Yeah, I, st- I decided I was not going back to Bridgeport. I think you understand. Mm-hmm. wanted to stay in New York and started to, you know, got an agent, started auditioning, and then I started landing roles. You know, my first one was I had, well, actually, I stole this role in a sense. I was on the Cotton Club. Oh. They had just opened uh, Kaufman and Story Studios, which I think was used by, I think Buster Keaton and Charlie Chapman both worked there. But we had just opened it up, and I was I was a quote-unquote special ability extra. It was in the Cotton Club, and we were supposed to clean tables and, you know, look like official uh, wait staff. And I had an idea, and so I, I tried to actually improvise it into the scene. I got caught. <laughs> the AD fought me. I, literally, I, I was like, man, James Remar was in the scene, and then Fred Gwynn was coming into the scene, Herman Munster. Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow. I, I we should have some champagne. And so I ran across the stage to grab like a, a bucket of champagne to act like I was going to, and they caught me. And they said, what are you doing? I said, oh, I thought that it was 
such a special occasion, they should have champagne, you know, compliments of the house. They said, we don't pay you the sink. We pay you to clean dishes. I knew that was going to happen. And we said, well, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you know, come on, they weren't playing that. And as I'm walking back with my tail between my legs, I could see Francis for a compliment to my right, and I was not too far from him, really. And I just turned and ran toward him. And the, the ADs tried to cut me off. <laughs> Um, they, they got they got to me just as I got to him, and I screamed his name real quick so they couldn't they couldn't interrupt. I said, "Mr. Coppola," and he turned, and they were frozen. And now it's the moment of like, are they going to get in trouble for letting me come? Yes. Am I going to get in trouble? And it was a moment of absolute fear. Whoa! And he said, "He said," and I said, "Mr. Coppola, since this is such a special occasion, shouldn't Dutch Schultz get champagne and compliments of the house?" Mm-hmm. And he looked at me for another second, and he said. This man has a creative idea. Put him in the scene. Bring out a piece of champagne. Bring out five ice buckets, champagne buckets, and let's begin. And they were not very happy with me. But anyway, that was my first, my first uh, lines in the film. Unfortunately, I was uncredited. I think they were, they were really mad with me. The ads. They even said afterwards, they said, "You should have come to us first. I said, "I did come to you first. That's right. You told me to clean dishes." So I got wow. that, and then I started doing. I did a film called Street Walking with Antonio Fargas and uh, Julie Newmar, the cat, one of the original oh, yeah. Catwomen. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did some, Melissa Leo was in it too, and, and uh, Dale Medcalf, some good people. And it started taking off from there. From there, I think I did Death Wish 3. And they flew me to London to shoot that with Mr. Bronson, Charles Bronson, which mm-hmm. was, wow, it was such a great, that was a great, uh, he was a wonderful man, very sweet. And his, his wife, Jill Ireland, who was on set that day in London. That's amazing. And then I and then I worked my way into Full Metal Jacket. I called from the set of Death Wish Three, heard that Kubrick was still casting for his film, and I did a British accent and basically said, "You must see him. Mr. Bronson loves him, and we think you will too. Please see Kirk Taylor for this role." And they was like, "Yeah, okay, send him over." <laughs> so I, I basically played my own agent, got in, told Mr. Kubrick a story, a little joke that mm-hmm. my uncle had told me about Vietnam, and uh, within you know a couple months, I was shooting in London. That's so things have kind of like been just very interesting kind of yeah. transitions into films. Yeah. I mean, it's like you put yourself in these situations, and, I mean, the fact that you disguised your voice, and that's super cool. <laughs> it was fun. It was, it was nerve-wracking, but of it was worth it. I mean, I got, to, I got to work with Stanley Kubrick. I mean, that changed everything, really. That's and, you know, people, it's funny, you, you can have the same skill level, but when you work with certain people, it helps to put a spotlight on it. In a sense, I think, wow, well, Cooper chose him, and I was one of three, two or three people he chose from tens of thousands of tapes that were sent. Unbelievable. Um, so it was really a great honor to have a you know, chance to work with that great man. Now, how did you uh, connect? You had an encounter with uh, Sidney Poitier. Oh, my gosh. That was, um, that was a memorable moment, one of the most memorable in my career. I had done a film called MacArthur Park with some really great people, yeah. really worth his directorial debut, and we have, um, um, what's his name? A bunch of, bunch of people that you know, Miguel Nunez, Thomas Bird was in it, Cinder Williams, and Sidney Tamia Poitier, his daughter. Oh. Sidney Poitier's daughter. So we go to, we, they fly to Sundance. I'm at Sundance. I'm in, I'm in the snow, but I'm in Sundance, and I'm so excited. And I watched the film, and when I came up, I was playing Officer Randolph Davis, and I basically had an interaction with one of the other characters when I'm trying to help him get his demo reel done and get him out of the, the out of the park and crack and all that stuff. Okay. And I'm watching myself and I'm like, I believe that guy. And I was like, I believe him. He's a cop. I mean I was wow. I feel like I wasn't watching me. Okay. That's how much I was convinced of I said I did a really good I was so happy. The credits roll 
Janine, and I'm not in the credits again. Just like on Costco. I'm not in the credits at all. Oh, come on. And I literally, I was dumbfounded. And they said, they said, we're so sorry. We rushed to get to Sundance, and we had to. Uh. We didn't, and, and we're so sorry. So then we have a subsequent screening in L.A., and Sidney Poitier comes. And I'm sitting in the screening with my friend Michael Jai White and, uh, and a couple other friends. Yes. And I'm not in the credits, of course, so I put my head down. When the credits rolled, I just said, just put your head down. They won't know. Yes. Just don't make any noise. And we walk out into the lobby. I shake it off, and we're standing there talking. Gina Bolton's with us. And I look up to the left, and I see Sidney Poitier's head coming over the top of the crowd. I said, oh, there's Sidney Poitier. And he's coming kind of toward me a little bit. And I'm like, oh, my is he coming up? He's coming over here. <laughs> and he walks right up to me. He said, excuse me, I wanted to ask you, did you play the cop? Because I watched you very closely, and I did not know if you were a real cop or if you were an actor. And that is meant to be a compliment to you. I said to myself, Whoa. that cop should be an actor. And at that point, my eyes are wide. And I said, Mr. Poitier, that means the world to me. I said, you know, they left my name out of the credits. And so I was right. He said, where you're going in your career, that will not matter. The presence you bring to the screen. And at that word screen, my ears shut off. Like it was as if I was in a, an explosion. Yes. That leaves your, your ears. I couldn't hear him. I just watched his lips move at that point. I have chills. I'm, thinking, this is, I'm, I'm this listening is Mr. to this. Tibbs. Yeah. This is Mr. Tibbs. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I think she wrote him a letter. And told him how much, I mean, that was a compliment. I call it, some people call it, I heard guy call it a God wink. Mm -hmm. I sometimes call it a God, a God nod. Yes. Well, sort of like in both these situations, even on the Cotton Club, when I saw that one, I walked out dejected. I was actually crying in the back of the theater when I realized I wasn't in, in the credit. And these two girls walked up to me and said, excuse me, did you play the waiter? I was like, <laughs> oh my God. They said, yes, I did. They said, you did a great job. So this is my second God nod, where it was like saying, okay, I've been there, I've forgotten you, but I just gave you a compliment that's better than credits. You got a compliment from one of the great right. actors exactly. of any generation yeah. to tell you that he didn't know, with his trained eye, he did not know if you were a cop or an actor, and that's exactly what your job was, to make them think that you're really a cop. Yes. Whatever way you did it. I mean... And even the process, yeah. Kirk, keep, keep in mind, you know, it's like... A lot of people don't really read the credits. Of course, as an actor, you want your name in credits. But if people are right. coming up to you, especially Sidney Poitier, and saying, you know, all these incredible accolades, that's what people remember. That, I guess you're right. It's right, because yeah. it's, you're right. Most of the people, I go to theater, and I sit there and watch the credits. Mm -hmm. Every, I, I mean, I learned that in New York when I was a young actor. They said, this is a way for you to honor right. and, have, and, and show you know, your love for people who worked with you. It's not about you. And I always have felt that, that it's, it's really, it's a great, the, the acting to me is a great service job because you get to serve people in a sense, whether it be the writer, and you're trying to make his work come alive, the director who's trying to transfer it to whatever medium you're in, and then you get to touch people's lives. Right. And great acting really does that. Brando said that our job is to make people stop eating popcorn mid-stroke. Mid Yes. Like, <laughs> you do something that makes them gasp, and they're just holding the popcorn because they can't quite chew it or get it in their mouth good. Yeah, that's so true, So I think though. it's a great, a great privilege, a great honor to be an actor, and it's a job of service, I think. So where can people find out more about you? Do you have a website? Are you on social media? Yeah, I did. I just, I'm, I'm, uh, uh, Janine, I'm, I'm getting with it, you know. Okay. Been in the business for a little bit, but I decided to start getting, so uh, KirkTaylorOfficial.com, and Kirk is K-I-R-K. Because even my family misspells my name, by the way. I don't know how that happens, but <laughs> they still call me Kirk and Curtis. So it's K-I-R-K-T-A-Y-L-O-R, KirkTaylorOfficial.com. And um, I'm also on Twitter and Instagram as I am 
Kirk Taylor. I love that one. And, um, and on Facebook, I'm at Kirk Taylor fan page if people look on Facebook. They're Facebook people. And, and if they want, Julie, if yeah. they want to keep up with the film, uh, revivalthemovie.com okay. is the website that will have all. That's the newest film, which is coming out in this April. It's a, it's a retelling of the Gospel of John with Shaka Khan, Michelle Williams from Destiny's Child. I mean, Great. Harry Lennox, yes. who produced it, he's on the blacklist right now. People know him from Man of Steel and other things. But we, uh, uh, Revival is, is the, it's basically, I, I call it Jesus Christ Superstar and Godspell Meet 2001 Space Odyssey. Whoa. It is so unusual, the, way, the format of it. And it's a musical with the Molly Music, a double Grammy nominee. So, you know, we got a great cast. I'm really, really Sounds excited about what, uh, what kind of God nod I'm going to get on this one. Fantastic. Well, you're more than welcome to come back on any time and talk about your other projects or new things coming up. I'd love Absolutely. to have you Absolutely. That's great. Thank right. you. Thanks so much for calling in, and best of luck to you. It sounds like, you know, things have been fantastic, so all the best. Yeah. Thanks so much. Okay. Appreciate it. Bye, Kirk. That was Kirk Taylor calling in, and if you missed any part of this, all the info about him is up on my show blog, and our conversation will be up within an hour after I wrap. The blog is getthefunkoutshow.kuci.org, and I am on Twitter at moms, M-O-M-Z underscore rock. KUCI is on Twitter at KUCI-FM. We're on Instagram at KUCI-FM, Tumblr, blog.kuci.org, and we are on Facebook at KUCI 88.9. We'll take a mini break. And then I have two more guests calling in. Estrella Harrington of Gardaheart is calling in. You are listening to KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. <laughs> 